Hey there. Yes, we're starting a little differently, but please stick with me. I'm going to be brief. This is episode 100. I'm doing something a little special. It's going to be a short episode, but I want to put up front the thanks for once to all the people who have helped me get to this point. And this should not be a surprise. First and foremost, thank you who are listening right now. And if you've been listening for a long time, an even bigger thank you from the bottom of my heart. Next. We're now in August of 2023. The podcast launched in December of 2020, but the idea started germinating actually in late winter and spring of 2019 and through spring of 2020 in conversations I had with my peers and friends who are going with me through the coactive training, this coactive certification, um, the program that I did to become an executive coach. Thanks to all of them for the conversations. Then Judy Fox in June convinced me to start posting publicly about the podcast, even though I wasn't even sure that I was going to do a podcast. I want to thank all the guests that have come on the podcast, but a very special thank you goes to Raj Kapoor, who agreed to be the guinea pig and the first person interviewed on a podcast that at that stage, for as much as he knew, might have been only his episode. I want to thank Squadcast for building the wonderful software that I use to record all the episodes, but most importantly, for the fabulous community that they have built of users. I want to thank my fellow Squadcasters from the community for the help that I've received to them in the early phases of this podcast. I want to thank very, very deeply Harry Durand from Fullcast, who helped me in the second early phase become consistent taught me strategy, taught me how to better build my episodes. After him, I want to thank the folks from Pro Podcast Solutions who are doing the editing of every episode. And if they sound good and they sound better than I do sound, it's thanks to them. I want to thank Adam Adams from Grow Your Show, who helped me promote the show, helped me grow it for a significant year and definitely helped me get to a much better place. I want to thank the people who actually created the visuals for the show. Rich Sullivan, who did the comic drawing of me, and Robbie Beller, who did the logo. And then finally, last but certainly not least, my son, Nicholas Catanio, a.k.a. Nico Catanio, wrote, produced, recorded, played drums and keyboards with the help of Tony Savarino on guitar and Jesse Williams on bass of the music that you're about to hear. Hit it! Welcome, I am your host, Dino Cattaneo, and you're listening to Authentic Leadership for Everyday People, the podcast where we investigate the connection between effective leadership and authenticity. If you're looking for inspiration and tips on how to become a better leader by being your true self, you're in the right place. As you heard, today we're celebrating episode 100. It is a monumental milestone. According to an industry statistic, 44% of podcasts don't make it to episode 3, and only about 20% publish more than 10 episodes. So I thanked a lot of people, but without any false modesty, I am also proud that I have made it this far. I promise a short episode and I'm gonna keep the intro short as well. There will be no guests on this episode, just me sharing some reflection on a few things that I've learned through the podcast. And at the end of the episode, I'm gonna leave you with a little exercise that you can do. Enjoy and thank you again for the support. As I said, Episode 100 is a monumental milestone. We're going to celebrate it by talking about the first word in the title of the podcast, authenticity. We'll start with a quick definition of the meaning of the word authenticity and how I think about it in connection with the premise that underlies this podcast. 
Then I'm going to cover three insights that came through all the conversations that I had with my guests. So let's start with the term authenticity. Right now, it's a very popular term in any discussion about business and leadership. One could say it is overused and abused. As a matter of fact, I was surprised that it took 98 episodes for one of my guests to choose authenticity as the business jargon that drove her crazy. And the person who picked it also had a very interesting observation that we'll cover a little later. So it's a term that can feel abstract or very broad or, well, we don't know how to define it, but we know it when we see it. For many people, it comes with a value judgment. Something authentic is good. And in the common use, something authentic often comes with a set of specific attributes or qualities. To bring this into a practical example, if you think about music, often music that is considered authentic is music that is more artistically driven and that follows certain forms or genres like folk or indie rock or, you know, old school jazz, old country. Music that is commercially driven, more produced and maybe in the pop genre is often considered less authentic. But when you look at the actual meaning of the word authentic, it's actually pretty cut and dry. There's no value judgment in it, and there are no specific attributes to make something authentic, except for one. The word authentic comes from ancient Greek. It's the composite of two words, autos, which means the self, and entos, which means inside. So authentic really means the inside self, or the true self. And as you can see, there's only one requirement. It needs to reflect what is really true for the person. So if we go back to our music example, when we look at it under this definition, true to yourself, Commercial musicians can be just as authentic as more artsy musicians. As a matter of fact, one could argue that the most successful musicians are the most authentic. It just so happened that their true self appeals to the broader segment of the population, and their authenticity allows them to forge a really deep connection with their large multitude of fans. If you look at the most talked about touring artists of this year, you will find exactly that. When Taylor Swift started her music career, she was a 16-year-old girl talking about what it means to be a teenager. She talked about the dynamics that exist in relationships among teenagers, and her writing was based on her personal experience. She was very true and transparent, and her audience connected with her. As her career progressed, her musical interests expanded, and she faced some backlash from her original country fans for moving into more pop than Americana. But her love for every genre that she moved into was genuine, and her audience followed her and grew with her. The Taylor Swift story is a great illustration of the basic promise of this podcast. In my definition, the term authentic is a neutral term. It doesn't have any specific qualities or attributes tied to it, other than the fact that it needs to reflect the true self. And where the connection with the Taylor Swift story comes into play is that the basic premise of the podcast is that if you are true to yourself, you will perform better and also be a better leader. Now, if you pay attention to all the conversations with my guests, whether directly or indirectly, I try to get at this. How do they find their true self within their professional environment? And how does that impact the way that they lead? And based on all those conversations, these are the three most interesting things that came to light. The first one is somewhat similar to my definition of authenticity. And that is that authenticity manifests itself in multiple forms and with different attributes, sometimes opposed to each other. The second is that the process of finding authenticity for many people starts from trying to fit, then realizing that embracing who they are is a lot more powerful than fitting in. The third and final is that when we bring our authenticity into our professional lives, it is not an all or nothing proposition, either completely negating yourself or bringing your full step with every little quirk. There's a balance where you can be authentic and effective, and that's what you should strive for. Let's start with the fact that authenticity can take many forms. 
All that matters is that you're true to yourself. So an interesting aspect of this is that when it is taken to the extreme, it is not necessarily a great thing. Remember, at the beginning, I mentioned that Avira Shur chose be your authentic self as the advice expression that drove her crazy. And her comment was, not everybody should be their authentic self. If you're an asshole, don't be an asshole, do better. A more positive view of thinking about being true to yourself is going through the intentional process of deciding what is right for you and then pursuing it. So that's where different and sometimes opposing definition of what being authentic are true and equally valid. And a big area where this happens is the realization of how people want to design their work experience or their professional experience. An example of this is Kevin Tucker. In episode 85, he talked about leaving a career with big tech companies to move his whole family to Costa Rica and build a remote coaching business that allows him to spend more time with his family. On the other side, in our last episode, Michelle Cohen talked about the excitement of building a high-growth company and creating an environment where it is understood that the commitment to the business and the work will require some sacrifices in the personal sphere. Both points of views are equally valid, and both Mikhail and Kevon are equally successful in their roles because there's an intentional process behind their choice. And as Christina Wallace illustrated in the episode where we discussed her book, The Portfolio Life, part of the definition can change throughout our life. The second point is that for many of my guests, finding their authenticity came through a process of first trying to fit into a place where they didn't fit, and then embracing their uniqueness and realizing that that uniqueness was exactly what made them different and what gave them an edge. A great example of that is one of my early guests, Marcel Kiraga, all the way back to episode 9. She worked in wealth management firms. And her experience as a Latin American woman raising her kids as a single mother gave her a very empathetic view of the role that financial advisors play for their clients. Now, her approach didn't fit the more traditional environments of the firm she was at. So she started her own advisory firm. She used her perspective to create a company where success is measured not only by the numbers, but by the ability to improve her client's overall quality of life. And that uniqueness is the foundation for her success. A very different example is Chris Lynch. Chris is very different from most venture capitalists. He came from a working class family. He didn't go to an Ivy League college or a business school, places where venture capitalists are normally recruited for him. What shaped him was his passion for punk rock music. That music gave voice to the fact that he felt he didn't fit in traditional society. The passion and the energy that he found in that music and how that could move millions of people shaped his approach to connecting with people. He built his own success in sales and then as an entrepreneur by channeling that energy and his ability to connect with people. His success as an entrepreneur brought into venture capital, and yet his approach is still very different from traditional venture capitalists because he fluctuates between the role of investor and operator. And it is not a coincidence that in the industry, his nickname is the punk rock VC. The third and final aspect of authenticity is finding the right balance in what it means to be authentic and how much of your true self you should bring with you. There are a couple of flavors that were interesting to me. Armin Mulavi talked about how important his gay identity is to him. He spent his high school years in the closet, and then when he came out in college, he spent his college years being very outspoken and direct and always wearing his art on his sleeve. Then when he entered the professional environment, he realized that that very upfront approach didn't work in the workplace and had to find the right balance between maintaining his passion, his identity, and his realness, and at the same time becoming a reliable leader for the people who work with him. In a similar vein, and maybe somewhat connected to what Vera said in her comment about, you know, don't be an asshole, 
Mike Sweeney actually talked about collecting feedback about himself through various tests and, and feedback service. And literally being in a place where he was asking himself, am I showing up to work like an asshole? And then saying to himself that, yes, that was authentic, but he didn't like it. And so deciding to make some changes. So we move pretty quickly through these points, but I want to close episode 100 sharing something that is very important to me. As I was playing in the podcast, somebody asked me, what's the goal? What would you like your listener to do after, you know, they've listened to an episode? Well, it's a simple and obvious question, but to be perfectly honest, I had not thought about it until someone asked me. So here is the answer. Ideally, after listening to an episode, my audience would take a look at their lives. They would ask themselves if there are places where they are not in alignment with their true self, find some answers, and if necessary, take action. So here is my invite to you. We talked about three areas of authenticity that are important and help drive success. Ask yourself these questions. First, what is authenticity for me? And have I created a professional situation for myself that is in line with that definition? Second, am I ignoring or suppressing something that is important by myself to try and fit where I am? And if the answer is yes, what would open up for me if instead than hiding, I would fully embrace it? And then finally, if you are being truly authentic to yourself, are you balancing your authenticity in a way that is productive for yourself and the people around you? Take this question seriously, and I promise you that somewhere you will find something new about yourself. Thank you for listening to this episode. And if you're a long-term fan, thank you for sticking with me through episode 100. Now we have 99 episodes more before this one, so pick a couple you may have missed and go listen to them. If you enjoyed this episode, find a friend who may enjoy it and tell them that they should listen to it. And if you really like the show, tell all your friends and post about it on social media. Every little bit helps. Make sure you're subscribed on your favorite listening platform so you don't miss any episode. And if you listen on a platform that allows reviews like Apple Podcasts, Audible, Good Pods, please leave us a stellar rating and a review. Stick around because after the credits, I am going to play a song by Susan Cattaneo, one of Boston's best Americana singer-songwriters. For more information, go to the website al4ep.com, spelled with the number four. You can email me at dino at al4ep.com. Please follow us on all the social platforms that you're on, on Twitter and Instagram, the handle is at AL4EDP with the letter D. And on Facebook, look for Authentic Leadership for Everyday People. This episode was produced by me, Dino Cattaneo, and you know who all the other usual suspects are. I thank them at the beginning of the show. So without any further ado, here's a song by Susan Cattaneo. Just like this podcast, love takes what it takes till it takes. Enjoy. Till you fall